Welcome to Fruiting Body Podcast with your host, Brendan. Today, we have another legend of a guest. It is Phil Anthony. Now, Phil has been on the podcast before. I'm going to say it's episode seven, eight. We'll leave that in the description or go to our channel and type in Phil Anthony. You'll see that podcast. It's all about his life and what he's doing, um, actually up to the project that he was releasing, which is more focused on like hormones and sleep and uh, blood sugar levels. Today's podcast, if you're watching, it's going to be about the epidemic, specifically the sugar epidemic and diabetes problem in Thailand. We're going to be touching upon what Phil did in his recent program and how he's transitioning to training coaches so they can train the world. That's what we need. We need education. We need people to understand how to manage their hormones and specifically manage your diet. Don't forget to subscribe, like, comment. We're so close to 5,000. Actually, we're not. We're at like 2,700, but we're, we're almost at 5,000. So hit that subscribe. I think about 20% of you are subscribed. So I don't know what the hell the other 80 are doing. Um, anything else? Oh, we are a medicinal mushroom company located on the island of Phuket. Products coming in January. We got lion's mane. We got cordyceps. We got reishi. We got nootropics. It is fan-effing-tastic. You're going to love it. Uh, anything else on my checklist? Oh, if you're tired of listening to me at the start of the podcast, there's timestamps right here at the bottom. You go down, you click on chapters, you can skip past my stupid ass and uh, listen to Phil. That's the content you're here for. That's what you're looking for. Um, okay, let's get this started. Without further ado, Phil Anthony. Hi, Brendan. Hey, how are you? I'm Thanks. really good. Thanks, Thanks for having me back. Yeah. And can I just say one thing? Yeah. These products that you're about to release, I've been waiting for so long. Almost two years. It's been so long. Yeah. And the world needs these. These are fantastic for immunity, gut health, all of this. So thank you for producing them. Yeah, I mean, we, we're, I'm not going to take, we're going to bring in like very extreme extracts, like these 10 to ones. And the reality is that all the mushroom products out there and, and most like organic supplements, they're all one-to-one -one powders, which means if you're taking Moringa, let's say, you need to take 20 pills unless they made the extract. And nobody does that because you lose on your profit. So that that's why I've done this product because I was taking mushrooms and taking lion's mane. And the reality was uh, you're taking one-to-one -one powder and you might as well be taking, you're taking air at that point. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do my own company and I'm going to use real stuff so people can take it and there's benefit. And do you know what I love about that, Brendan? Quality, ethics, values are so important in products. And it's where a lot of the industry in food and nutrition really lacks like a chicken isn't necessarily a chicken that we had 20 years ago products on labels aren't what they say they are information on products can be up to 20 percent inaccurate and people don't know with good branding they can get away with it so it's really really important that brands do the right thing ethically uh, and you know focus on quality like you're doing so although it's been two years in the in the process actually i respect that you've done it the right way uh, because too many people are after a quick buck and um yeah take advantage of people. yeah we, we wanted to build this channel so we and, and naturally educate instead of cramming information down people people's throats so i'll be doing more mushroom podcasts there's a guy on the island he has a lion's mane very small mushroom like juicing type of booth in chalong so we'll be bringing them on and, and i'll be then next year we'll be leveling up to really mushroom education a mushroom podcast um, but enough about our mushrooms. Let's focus on Phil. That's why you're here. And again, we're going to be talking more about the sugar epidemic, diabetes, this whole, what do we say? It's an epidemic, not a pandemic, right? Well, it's, it's the, it's a problem around the world, mm. actually. 
Uh, but especially in this part of the world, I mean, you just need to walk down the road and see all the 7-Elevens. And, you know, if you're if you're popping in and you're, you know, you need something. We're going to make the audience hang on. This Ooh, is this okay. is purely for YouTube retention. So, all right. If you want to tease, we're teasing, yeah, we're teasing you a bit. But again, we make chapters. So if you want to skip ahead, I'm sure if you click one of the chapters here, you'll see we'll probably label it uh, Thailand epidemic or sugar epidemic. We're going to get there in a second. But first... Um, again, we did an episode with Phil. If you want to learn about Phil's life, that's episode seven. I'll leave links in the description or maybe right here. There's probably something you can click. Um, but let's go, let's connect from the last time you were on and you're building your program. Uh, just take us right from that, that last kickoff when you've launched it, what you did and what, what happened next. Yeah, absolutely. So probably over the last two years, it's been a roller coaster. It's been fantastic. So I finished the program with my business partner and we released it and we took about 150 people through the program, teaching them all about gut health, blood markers, biomarkers, blood sugar, how it all relates under the umbrella of metabolic health. Um, and, and we saw that as really, really important to create because so many people are suffering from chronic illness, whether it's diabetes or fatty liver or arthritis or gut inflammation or hormone issues. And we just thought, you know what? Calories can't fix this in isolation. Going to the gym can't fix this in isolation. Medication can't fix this in isolation. People need to understand holistically how these all fit together. So we took those 150 people through the program. They absolutely loved it. We loved delivering it. But then we thought we need to play a bit bigger. How do we reach more people? So over the last probably seven to eight months, we've taken that program and said, right, we need to actually put this in front of people who can make even more change and basically train the trainers, coach the coaches. So imagine your fitness training in your gym. If they know this stuff, they can offer it to you. A yoga teacher, they can offer it to you. Uh, a healthcare professional, they can offer it to you. So we're about in 2023 going to be releasing that to coach the coaches. Meanwhile, I've been working one-to-one uh, -one with people, getting some incredible results. Uh, if you look at my Instagram or any of that, you'll see the people who have, yeah, transformed their lives through that. So I've, it's amazing. I want to jump into that program itself and um, all the lessons that you're teaching. And we'll kind of, we'll try to, I'm sure this would be a four-hour podcast. So we won't get too deep into that, but at least like on the high-level macro side of what, what were people learning specifically before we do that? Um, just a quick shout out to five star Marine. Um, they're supporting this podcast. They're allowing us to operate. They're keeping us rolling. So go check them out. Five star Marine. They are a VIP, uh, speedboat tour company on the Island of Phuket. If you're sick and tired of getting crammed like a sardine onto speedboats and you don't know where you're going or who you're going with. And I mean, the reality is well, the Chinese aren't here yet, but you don't want to be crammed on a, a speedboat with 40 Chinese people. Sorry, Chinese, uh, Woshi Wong jungle. So. No problem there. Um, well, I jungle. Um, but if you don't want to be crammed on a speedboat in that sense, reach out to Five Star Marine at Five Star Marine Phuket or Five Star Marine. I'm sure if you Google them and we'll leave links in the description, you can go check them out. They're doing the some great work on the island that's going to give you like uh, probably one of the best speedboat tours around Phuket. Check them. I can't chill them anywhere. All right, go check them out. Um, so we'll go back to your program that you built out. Can you kind of walk through maybe some of the lessons that people were able to take away from that and maybe some of the feedback your audience gave to you from, you know, that learning experience? Absolutely. So the premise of the program is really to understand health and nutrition from a personalized point of view. So 
you know, one size in nutrition and health doesn't fit all. We know that. And the problem with a lot of diets, whether it's keto, calorie counting, Weight Watchers, intermittent fasting, veganism, paleo, all of these labels that we put, they all are restricting something. They're all either restricting time, a macro, a combination, uh, an energy supply. And actually, none of them are wrong, but we need to make them right and work for individuals. So what we do in our program is we say, right, get back to basics, start starting with nutrition and, and break down the macros and really understand them. So, for example, calories, people see that as energy. And if you over consume calories, you gain weight. That's the model of the calories. But actually, for me, protein and fiber should never have been included in the calorie model because protein is for muscle recovery and cellular repair. So that leaves protein to one side. Of course, if you overconsume uh, protein, then it can convert to glucose and carbohydrates. So push carb, push protein to one side. Hardly any client I ever work with overconsumes protein. So why why include this in a calorie model? Push that to one side. Then you go to fiber. Fiber is not four calories per gram. It's about less than one calorie per gram because it's broken down by the, the gut bi microbiome. So again, it shouldn't have been included. It's very important uh, for gut health and for stabilizing blood sugar and for feeding uh, your bacteria in your gut, but it's not important for energy supply. So then you're left with fat and carbohydrates. Now, fat is great for hormones. It's essential. You need it. Um, but it's also a good fuel supply. Carbohydrates, good for fuel supply as well. So if you're if you're following a calorie controlled model, if that's what you're following, then maybe you need to say, well, take protein out, take fiber out, and just use carbohydrates and fat in your calculations. Um, so that's nutrition, right? Like we, we break it down for our students to understand all the different roles of different macros. But then you've got micronutrients, adaptogens, herbs, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins. None of these are calculated in a calorie-controlled model. Um, and, and that's what we, we taught our clients is, yeah, basic nutrition. But then, you know, rather than taking supplements... Uh, vitamins and minerals yes they are to supplement not to replace nutrition so we take them through that then we take them through gut health how do you go through the three stages of you know removing things that inflame the gut adding things in that heal the gut lining adding things in that promote microbiome diversity in terms of bacteria then we take people through stress and sleep management too many people are just burnt out and understand the word burnout it means that you are pushing your body too hard whether it's physically emotionally mentally and you're not fueling it properly and allowing it to recover and so people are experiencing burnout and what burnout means is you are burning out the hormones the hormones cannot manage and this is something i want everyone to understand this is super super important the body wants you to be in balance a healthy body is in balance. It's not pushed too much. It's not pushed too little. It's just right. If your food or your daily activities push you out of balance, let's say you are underfueled or overfueled, understressed or overstressed, it's your hormones that bring your body back into balance. So, for example, if you go out and you eat a kilogram of sugar, your sugar levels will go up. The hormones bring you back into balance. If you are working out too hard and you're not getting enough sleep 
It's your hormones that will bring your body back into balance. So the hormones are doing all the work. And, and, and people need to understand this because if you're constantly out of balance, you will overuse the hormones, the hormones will get tired, and eventually they will quit. And they'll be like, look, we can't handle this anymore. You're abusing us. You're not resting us. You're not fueling us. And that's when you get fatigued and you get chronic inflammation and all these other issues. So we take people through that. Then you go into, you know, uh, sleep and, and, and melatonin and cortisol and adrenaline and how those can be manipulated. And then you go into what I love is biomarkers. Because once you've done all that generic stuff, well, how does that all relate to you specifically and individually? And this is amazing, Brendan, because we live in a world now where you can just pop to your local clinic and for a couple of hundred dollars, get an insight into what's happening inside your body. How do you, when you're talking about the biomarkers, specifically, what should we be measuring when we're going to do that testing? What should we be looking at? Absolutely. So there's, you know, over 200 different biomarkers that you can check. Now you've got vitamins and minerals and all sorts going on. But I think just to get you started, if you've never gone to a lab, if you've never had your blood tested, I would say some of the most basic things to check, definitely your blood sugar levels, because that will give you an insight into what energy levels are, you know, when you wake up in the morning, where they're at. Because if your sugar levels are really high, you'll suffer from chronic inflammation and that will affect everything, throw you out of balance. So that's the main one, the first one I would check. Then your lipid profile. Your lipid profile is basically your cholesterols and triglycerides. And this is incredibly important because it's your liver. It's your liver. What's going on? Is it producing too much? Is it, is it having too little fuel? Is it overfueled? So again, it gives you insight. These two tests are very basic. You can go to even pharmacies in the US and UK. You can just get that test. But here in Thailand, just go to your clinic. You get that. Clinic or, sorry, you have to go to a clinic. Clinic here, yeah. And there's, are there people, or could you recommend clinics on the island or people that we could reach out to um, to be able to get those tests and also then provide reading and insight to that? Yeah, exactly. So most blood places that, check for STDs, uh, clinics, uh, sports therapy places like Thanyapura. They've got a clinic up in the, the north and they've got a clinic down in the south. Then you've got Nabon Lab, which I think has got two branches. On Soy Tired, you've got loads of different clinics. They all basically provide this. Mm. Uh, in terms of the analysis, that will obviously depend on if they have a doctor or not. They will, on that on the results of your blood markers, there will be the standard ranges, right? So, for example your iron levels, it will say if it's, or, you know, testosterone, let's say, if it, it will say your number, let's say yours is 600, then it will say for normal ranges, it should be between 300 and 800. Let's also say. based on an age. Exactly. The problem with the data and the kind of, kind of spectrum of what's acceptable is that this is often government country specific. And actually, a lot of those levels aren't great. They're just, normal so for example if your testosterone is you know if the government is saying or the the, the agencies that regulate mm -hmm. these things are saying 300 to 800 is normal well if you're like a 25 year old guy and you're 300 which is very low it won't come up as a cross it won't come up in red it will just say yeah you're within normal ranges but actually from a health perspective that's incredibly low and it's incredibly concerning because mm -hmm. if you're 25 
In five years' time, it's going to be lower. In 10 years' time, it's going to be even lower. And then probably in your 30s and 40s, you're going to be clinically depressed if you don't action this. Where could we get like a, a matrix of the biomarkers of the real, inf not the global by country, but like maybe Dr. Phil's? Yes. Well, not the real well, doctor. This is what I teach yeah. all my clients. Right? And are you providing them like some sort of like a real biomarker sheet? Hey, don't listen to any of that stuff. This is what I believe you should be following. Well, what we say is, look, we're not your doctors. So if you're undergoing treatment or any of this, then you have to listen to your doctor, number one. But number two, biomarkers are not, you know, we're not prescribing you drugs. We're just saying this is where you're at. And those levels that we say are optimal levels. So when we work with a client, we show them the optimal levels. Now, I don't just give this information out. Why? Because it can be overwhelming. As I said, there's 200 different biomarkers. And if I told you, you need to be optimal in all of them. And let's say you're out on, you, definitely no one is optimal in all of them. But let's say you're out, you know, on 50 of them. Then you're going to be like, oh my God, I need to fix all of them. And actually biomarkers work by, if you fix this, then that might fix that. So you need to understand. And a lot of people that are just like, you know, I'm low in iron and just take an iron supplement. Okay, you're low in iron, but what's the reason you're low in iron? Is there a problem in your gut? Is the lining of your gut not absorbing? You're low in testosterone. Why are you low in testosterone? Is it because you're low in DHEA? Is it because you're overly stressed? So if that's the case, then you need to fix the cause of that and go upstream of the problem. So I'm very careful not to just hand this information out. Now, if you go to my Instagram, I will tell you the 15 basic blood tests that everyone should be getting. Um, I don't tell people what the levels of normal are, but the first call to point of call is just see whether you're within the government's normal ranges. If you're within the government's normal ranges, this is a step in the right direction. If you then want to take it further, reach out and we can show you the optimal ranges and how to get there on a one-to-one -one basis. But I don't want to overwhelm people because it is a minefield. Mm -hmm. It's so many data points. How often should people be doing this blood work um, and, and plus the analysis? Once a year, every six months? I 100% recommend that if you're over the age of like 20, 25, that you should be getting your blood work done every year. Okay. The reason being is because when you get your first ever blood results, they're just numbers, right? Plug that into Excel. So you write like HDL, write your number, LDL, write your number. In Excel, take you five minutes to plug in that data. Next year, when you do it, plug in the same data. Then you can see, oh my gosh, my HDL has gone down. Why has it gone down? It's gone by down, down by 10%. Maybe I need to increase my good fats. Maybe I'm training too hard and burning it out. And so you can see the relative change. It's very important to see relative change because when you get it once, it's just a snapshot in time. But if you can get it on a yearly basis, you can see trends. So think about it like your financial statements. Do you do this like haphazardly throughout your life? Companies do this every year for a reason so they can spot trends. Mm -hmm. Your health, we need to spot trends. I'm surprised going to the, the not the root cause, but maybe the solution, the root to the solution why wouldn't they i would much rather have been taught this in school than algebra is the, do you ever see this maybe the education system changing where they teach you in maybe physical education instead of us all running around outdoor that maybe once a week that they're teaching you your biomarkers at a young age 
I would love that. <laughs> I, you know, when I teach my clients, so I'm really lucky. I have the best clients that I work with. And um, one of the mothers I work with, she actually hired me to tutor her daughter. Her daughter's 15 and um, on health. And so, you know, I'm a bit of a storyteller. I'm a speaker and all of that. So when I teach, I actually break it into stories. So there's characters. And whether you're like an 80 year old woman or whether you're a 15 year old girl, I'm telling you stories. Because stories you'll remember. So I've got Cindy Carb, Phoebe Fiber, you know, I've got all these characters. Godzilla is antibiotics to help people understand. All set within a house. Fireman Sam is insulin. Gloria Glucagon is glucagon's a hormone. I teach it in characters. So actually, if someone listening to this now has access to someone in charge of government education or private education that wants to take this into the classroom, mm. I would freaking love it. Why don't you write a children's book? I've just got so much to do, yeah, Brandon. That's true. Like, <laughs> um, uh, I'm, let, just, I'm busy. Yeah. What, what if, um, um, okay, so people are getting tested once a year and you're doing your blood work and your analysis. Um, let's keep it specific to Thailand and Thai bot. What's that going to cost? Not much. And hit, that's the crazy thing. So if you want the basic ones, yeah. maybe about seven or 8,000 baht. That's for the testing. Yeah. And the analysis. So the doctors, the clinic will give you the sheet that will show you all the results. And on that sheet, there'll be the data ranges they suggest and it will highlight anything that's out. A good clinic should sit you down with one of their nurses or healthcare professionals to then say, look, you're a bit low, you're a bit high. Okay, I've got to be careful here. The problem is that most of those medical professionals will only care if you're within normal ranges, right? So if you're still low, but you're within normal, they'll be like, yeah, you're fine. And, and people need to understand because a, a lot of doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals get a lot of shit because people are like, oh, you know, my doctor never told me this. My nurse never helped me with that. You know, this person never told me to change my diet and how to do it. You've got to understand Health is so bad at the moment. And the doctor and the healthcare systems are there to keep you alive, not to necessarily thrive. That's not their job. Their job is to get you from not dying, right? Mm. People need to take responsibility. And uh, it's pretty harsh to say, but look, people are making decisions every day around going out to restaurants, going to the gym or not, uh, drinking too much alcohol, taking drugs, making all these personalized decisions for themselves. Health is your priority. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. So if you're not taking control of that and you don't understand it, learn. Mm -hmm. Because it's the one thing that you will regret in five to 10 years when you're in a hospital bed relying on medication to solve these problems that you created. Because mm -hmm. nine out of 10 of the most chronic illnesses that we experience, arthritis, dementia, um, you know, fatty liver, all these things are lifestyle diseases. So you cannot blame anyone else but yourself. And I know that's harsh to say, but if you're not happy in your body and you don't want to be ill, then you need to take control. And you need to take control by learning, right? So for example, if you're in a bad financial situation, right? You don't just say, oh, government's bad or this is bad. You're like, right, how do I learn to make more money? How do I learn to solve this? If your health is your main priority, freaking sort it out. Yeah, I've... I had this conversation with a guy. Uh, it's in the, I'll, I'll apply the story and the analogy to the crypto space. And uh, people are watching like exchanges collapse like FTX. And 
The sad reality is you, you don't have those options. You, what you can do is you can get a ledger and you can do Bitcoin self-custody. And the connection to that, to what we're talking about is if you're not willing to learn how to save your own self-custody, but you're willing to get a driver's license to drive a car, which again, is a whole learning experience. You have to go through that. Then you deserve to lose everything. Now I would connect that back to the health side without, I, you know, I like to get the tough love. If you can learn to drive a car, if you can learn to get a visa, to live in Thailand, to rent an apartment, to go through all those loops and whistles and holes to get here, then you can figure out your own gut health and, and, and figure out your biomarkers. It's a question of, I think people on the, let's say these biomarkers, when you're saying 150 to what, they just get overwhelmed from the beginning instead of, you know, take it step by step, bits by bits, and at least start to learn. Whether it's one or two or three, if you can learn two biomarkers, and, and this is one of your sayings, like that 1% per day per year, how that, how you're going to, sorry, was it? Exactly, yeah, it's yes. the one thing principle, you know, like if you try to get 1% better every day, just 1%, so tiny increments, over a year, you'll be 38 times better. So it's incredible what compound interest does, right? Mm -hmm. And we apply that in our finances. Why aren't we applying that in our own learning? And one thing I want to say, Brendan, is this stuff is complicated. And you know why it's complicated? Because it's individual. So because it's individual, it deserves the attention of understanding, right? And it deserves the attention of learning. And now these things... You can learn from like YouTube, you can learn from books, you can go on courses, you can do all of this. But as you said, maybe just focus on one tiny thing. And when I was describing how we run our program, do you remember where I said we start with basic nutrition, then we go into a bit more detail on nutrition, then we go to gut health, then we go a bit more into gut health, then we go into stress, then we go into a bit more into sleep. I told you right at the end, biomarkers. We never start with biomarkers. Yeah, it's too detailed. Because it's too detailed. Why are you going into the details when you haven't got the basics correct? So as you know, and the last time I spoke, I explained, my background is engineering and architecture. When we design a building, we start with the frame. We don't go, you know, what color is the wall and what color is the light switch and where are the plugs positioned? We start with the framework. And so that's what we need to do with health. We need to look at what are the basics. Now, again... Too many people are like, you know, I take an Omega-3 supplement. I'm like, yeah, great. But look what else you're taking. And also, no, where does it come from? <laughs> exactly. And what level of, you know, if you're eating McDonald's every day, I'm yeah. sorry, very high in Omega-6 inflammatory oils, no amount of like little Omega-3 is really going to help you against that. So you've got to get the basics right. And too many people, and I, you know, from an American kind of educational system, too many people are majoring in minors in health. So they're focusing, putting so much attention on these minor details and they're minoring in the majors. Mm. They're focused like on these tiny, tiny little things and they're missing the big picture. Sunlight, sleep, nutrition, having fun, sleeping and feeling restful. Like often, here's the thing, I'm a bit of a minimalist. It's not about necessarily doing more and adding things in. Sometimes it's about stripping back so you've got space to add these things in. So yeah, I think we need to unlearn before we learn. And based on this testing, and, and we, we didn't touch on this point, but I have to assume that if you're doing your testing and analysis once a year as well, um, when are you doing it? Are you testing after the big Christmas feast every year? 
and then you're doing one test in, in, in let's say, summer after, you know, a week of training for a marathon. It, do you explain this to the clients? Like, if you're going to be testing every year, try to make sure your diet, your exercise, and mentally for the balance of your hormones, that you're kind of in that same mindset and body set. Don't try to, you know, test in the summer and then test after Christmas dinner. Exactly. So, so many people want, you know, when I start working with someone, they're like, right, I'm going to get my blood tested and then I'm going to do it in 12 weeks because we'll finish our 12 week program or whatever. I'm like, hold on a minute. Think in years and decades. Don't think in days and weeks, right? Just again, you know, don't people overestimate what they can do in a day or a week and they underestimate the future of like, right, you know, if I take 12 months, just give myself a program, you know, work with a coach, make these small changes the results that can happen, you know, I took a guy up by about 30% in testosterone over, you know, four to five months through natural methods, not through uh, supplementation. And like, that's a big improvement, 30%. For some people, they're like, well, that's too low. You know, if I'm, if I'm at 400 testosterone, I want to be 800. Well, I'm sorry, like, unless you give me a few years, you can't do this naturally. Like, it's not going to double in, in, in a week, like you need time. My problem is this, a lot of people, and again, I've got to be careful, a lot of people see a result and they want to fix it tomorrow, right? And the shortcut route is often supplements. Nothing against that if you do it well and you're with someone who knows what they're doing and you, you understand it. But, you know, I always say, if you don't make it, you break it. And if you're, if you're, if you're chronically low in something and you've got nothing to lose and it's always going to be low, fine. But if you're kind of medium and you're okay let's try the natural method first mm. and if we can raise you up maybe that's enough for you and you'll feel great and then you don't need to yeah i mean i guess uh, the character to be patient panda at this point like you gotta you gotta take time and go with it slowly as well uh, personally for myself um every couple of years i will do testosterone but very low dose like maybe 175 milligrams a week um, I haven't done it in a year and a half, but what I found from the last time I did it, my, and every time I've tried it, and I will only touch this one and I know how to do post cycle and all that stuff. I just do it cause like, okay, I, I put on some weight. I got to get back in the gym and it's basically like a, it's a adrenaline shot. You can get going, but every time I go off it, nothing, it never comes back to that level. I've never done the testing, but I can feel it. And it, and the reason is this, right? It's very simple. If you... If you are, say your datum is here and you take something, right? You go up. Now, synthetically. What, exactly. Yeah, that's right? not, yeah. So the fundamentals of what kept you at that level or what got you to that first level, it didn't change. So, of course, when you stop, it will come back down. This is just normal. And in fact, it might come lower. It does, yes. Right? So you end up being on this addictive cycle because you're low, so you need to fix it, and then you go higher, and then you go lower. And and that's why I'm saying, again, I've got to be careful, but if you want to do this, please do your research, work with a professional that will help you understand, like, look, you're really low. You're always going to be chronically low. So give it a, like, you've got nothing to lose. Yeah, let's talk about uh, male testosterone and how to enhance that naturally. And before that, don't worry, we're going to talk about the, the Thai epidemic with sugar that right after this conversation. Um, and before I jump into that as well, I was kind of discussing, okay, you should be doing your biomarkers once a year. It's the same concept of, okay, I'm going to do a 12-week program. I'm going to get in shape, 
And then you go to the you go to the shopping mall and you buy all the clothes. Three weeks later, nothing fits. <laughs> and this this is one I have like one closet. It's like this is the fat clothes and the comfortable underwear. And this is the stuff when I'm in shape. And like the in shape clothes last for like three weeks. You're like, fuck God. All right, I'm out. Um, that's just my personal experience. And I'm sure a lot of people see the same stuff as well. You get in perfect shape and then it's just not it's also not realistic as well. Um, going on to male testosterone and how to enhance that naturally. One of the things I did used to take was pine pollen and we would get the capsules. They were actually like natural, like pills, not capsules, like, um, kind of like a hard coated pill, like a Tylenol, let's say like that type of style, but it was a pine pollen. We, I would take this and it would, you would think it would increase your natural testosterone, but I think it was just increasing your libido, which people connect to testosterone, but I don't know if it actually was. Um, could you touch on when you're dealing with clients and they're asking you, I, Phil, I want to raise my testosterone naturally. What's that process? Walk, can you walk us through that? And what are some of the things, tips and tricks that people could you know, implement into their day-to-day -day lives? Love this. Okay, great. This is my bread and butter. I love it. Love this question. So let's go into it. Let's dig in. So the first thing is we want to see where you're at. So definitely go and get your blood markers done first to see where you're at. Not only testosterone, but your other markers. Because as I said, they all work together. So if I can see that your, for example, your liver profile is pretty messed up. If I can see you're suffering from inflammation, I will fix that first, right? Because that will dictate whether you have high or low testosterone and it will contribute. So first of all, biomarkers, get that done first. Second of all is what brings the body back into balance? And that could be, Let's say you only get 20 minutes of sunlight every day. I'll be like, Brendan, we need to increase that to an hour. If you're sleeping six hours, I'll be like, Brendan, we need to get you up to eight, nine. If you're overtraining, I'll be like, look, can you lessen that a bit? So have you noticed I've not given you anything new. I've just played around with what you already do, right? This is called phase one of my program, which is bringing your body back into balance. So before I add or remove or adjust, too many different things. I just bring your body back into balance. Sunlight, sleep, water, nutrition, gut health, just roughly. So you know, no calorie counting, no nothing major, just, just balance you out. Phase two is where we get a bit more personalized. So let's say you get 20 minutes of sunlight and you sleep eight hours, right? Now sunlight builds melatonin. So if if you're sleeping eight hours on 20 minutes of sunlight, I'll be like, okay, maybe there's enough melatonin in your system that works for you. But I'm not sure. So I'll be like, Brendan, look, go and get 40 minutes. Go and get an hour today and let's see if your sleep quality is better. Um, can, can we measure the melatonin through when you're doing testing? Well, here's the thing. Melatonin is something that moves up and down on a, you know, basically a daily basis. So it's not a good thing to test because if you get more sunlight one day, your melatonin will be higher. If you sleep really well, your melatonin will drop because obviously it's used up all its reservoirs. If your body is in a healing state because you've got COVID or something, then uh, or flu or whatever, then your melatonin will move. So it's not a good one to test. Um, I prefer how you feel. The reason being is because we could have the same level of melatonin in us, but for you that might be low and for me that might be high. Um, so that's why. The thing is, what I want people to realize is in terms of sleep, for example, there's quality and there's quantity. So, for example, if you sleep eight hours, most people will be like, oh, you sleep really well. Well, why? Just because you sleep a certain quantity of time doesn't mean it's good sleep. So I always say to someone, look, 
go to go to sleep and mark yourself out of like eight, nine, six, how many hours you get. Write that down. Well, you can use the, I, I was using like the a, aura fit, ring uh, or the Fitbit. a Fitbit and I, you can then see your sleep. I love this. I don't, you can see your RAM. I don't need that. it anymore because I got it now. Like, yeah. you know, when you just wake up in the morning and like, maybe you only got seven or eight, but you just, you feel well, you don't feel groggy. There's no yeah. brain fog. Exactly. And then subconsciously, I don't even need to look. It's like, I must've got great RAM. And you look and you're like, oh yes. yeah, I did. Exactly. Sorry, continue so, on that. Yeah. yeah. So what I would say is you write down the quantity of sleep that you get. That's number one. So let's say you get eight hours yesterday. So you write eight. Then you wake up as you did and you say, how do I actually feel? Oh, you know what? I feel great. I feel, I feel like eight out of 10, right? So basically you do eight out of eight because you got eight hours, which is what most people suggest is good. And then, so that's a hundred percent. And then you, if you've got, you know, eight out of 10 in terms of your quality of sleep, that's another 80%. So you're like, okay, I've got quantity is 100% and quality is 80%. Times them together, my sleep score is 80 out of 100, right? Now, it's really important to think about quality and quantity because you could get six hours of sleep, but it was 100%, like it was amazing sleep. Now, that could be the same as getting eight hours of sleep, but low quality sleep. So I like to break people down into scores of 100, and that will be sleep. So that might be something that I would do. Um, I would look at their training and see how much they're training and how intense that training is. If it's very fast, it's very like explosive, then you probably need quite a lot of carbs and that's fine, but not at the expense of fats because fats are what govern the hormones. So let's say you're a marathon runner and you are just consuming a lot of carbohydrates. Well, once your body's burnt through those, it's got no other choice but to burn fat. So the fat creates the hormones. So I like to see a lot of endurance athletes being very, very low uh, testosterone, very messed up HDL, very bad liver function because they're not looking after their body. They're basically very high carb uh, consumers and very low fat consumers, and they just don't look healthy. Uh, the skin's very dry and all of that. So you take them through that phase, and then you know you then you go into the optimization phase where you say right. We've done your basics. We've done the fundamentals. Now let's get personal. Let's get into your meals. Let's go really in detail and see. Because if you're deficient in a micronutrient or macronutrient, the body's out of balance. Now, how do you understand this? So a lot of people are like focused a lot on protein. Great. That's great to do. But that's a macronutrient. Macro means you need a lot of it. Fine. Micronutrients like iron and B12 are micro because you need them in small doses, not because they're not important. They're very important. If anyone listening to this now who's low in iron or B12, they will be in bed like, I can't move. I'm so exhausted. That's a micronutrient, right? So no calorie counting is going to tell you if you're low in a micronutrient. So it's very, very important to pay attention to both macro and micro. And then you go into more detail. Protein diversity, fiber diversity, fat diversity you can't just eat chicken and broccoli every day that's only focused on protein and on and fiber you've got to understand there's micronutrients at play and if you don't have diversity you'll mess it up so then you go into that level of detail and finally then you go into supplementation what are we missing from our diet that we need a bit more of so for example if you're a vegan we supplement if you're don't like fish we supplement if you don't like beef, we have to supplement. Because, for example, D3 
DHEA and omega-3 are mainly from the fish and some seeds. But if you're not a fish eater, I don't know if I can get enough from your from seeds. Like, it, you know, how much linseed and flaxseed are you going to have? Um, so you, you kind of got to break it down like that. Now, there's some incredible research being done at the moment into, you know, different supplements that can directly support uh, testosterone. Uh, the, the problem is this. Things like Tonga Ali, so you may have heard of that. There's a, a lot of people are swearing by this now. The problem is there's not much research done into it in clinical studies. People need to understand this. The reason there's not much clinical studies in this is because there's not much money to be made from the pharmaceutical industry. Because, because it's natural. Because it's natural. And you can't patent it. So people are always saying, well, show me the science. I'm like, okay, who's paying for the science? Who are the wealthiest companies that can afford the science is often the pharmaceutical companies themselves or the food industry, the processed food yeah, industry. Yeah, and the universities, they're not funded to do specifically to do the research on things you can't patent. Exactly. And if they're not funded to do those projects, which comes from the lobbyists, and you, you know maybe it could be political parties that they're also funded by the pharmaceutical. And if the universities aren't getting funded to do the research on things you can't patent, then of course there's no medical information. Exactly. And so, Brendan, my background is engineering, and I studied science and like i'm based on evidence right yeah you've got to understand who is providing the evidence right so it you again people need to be critical thinkers here and say look has that person or that company or that industry got a vested interest in putting this information out now this information is widely available on the internet you can go and look at most studies and at the bottom of the study see who sponsored it yeah. see who paid for it if it's nestle coca-cola mcdonald's I don't know. Yeah. Come on. Like so tying, tying it back to um, like the testosterone side, like someone like myself, let's say 36 years old, 26 years old, no, I'm joking. Uh, 36 years old. I, I eat pretty healthy. Um, I'm probably doing hit five times a week. I've stopped lifting weights. Bangtao Muay Thai, check them out. Actually, don't check them out. That it's getting too crowded in there. Some of you, <laughs> some of you gotta go. It's too popular. Yeah, it's getting really crowded. Um, they haven't invited me yet. Oh, they haven't? Intimidated. Oh, oh. No, don't yeah, get Check Don't it beat out. me up. Don't yeah. beat me up. No, the, the, hit class is, <laughs> the hit class is good, though. Um, I'm doing that five days a week, eating pretty healthy Monday to Friday, and then I kind of uh, cheat on the weekend, but not. I don't go off the rails. Like uh, I'm not out of control. Hans, yeah, don't laugh. So I Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll have sometimes I'll have beers, but uh, so if nice. I have one, I have like 20. But most of the time I, I am doing The last three weeks I've been pretty good. Um, so I'm eating healthy. My testosterone feels like it's getting higher. I, I haven't done the bio biomarkers. A lot of the times I just listen to the body because I've done my, I, I know how to measure my macros. I've done that before. I've weighed my food. Consciously, I understand it. Um, the only thing I could put that on in my, my testosterone getting a bit higher, the only thing I changed is I'm eating steak like four nights a week. Uh, tenderloin steak that I get from the macro. And it's this Australian tenderloin. I cut it all up. It's about two kgs for less than 2,000 baht. It's amazing. Tastes like butter. Mm. And that's the only thing I've changed, and I feel more energetic. Before that, I, my diet was primarily chicken and fish because um, your Portos and your Tescos, the quality of beef is horrendous, and it's way overpriced. Um, someone like myself, the question more is like, where would you ideally, from Phil's perspective, uh, where should that testosterone level be? And based on maybe, let's say, this free consultation service of what I'm doing, like, 
Any recommendations without getting too detailed? Because I know it's almost impossible to really dive deep. Yeah, so the first thing I would say is, obviously, the data, the numbers, right? Even those are personalized. So I told you, like, you've got to look at where you've been before and where you're at. The most important thing is how you feel. So if you'll wake up in the morning with a bit of va-va-voom and, you know, sex drive is pretty high and you can push it in the gym and you feel good, this is a key marker, right? If you're feeling a bit low and you're feeling a bit lethargic and you're feeling a bit demotivated, you don't want to work on that business that you've worked so hard on at the moment, you can't be, you know, you're not very sexually active, you know, it's telling you, you know, it's telling you. So I think, as you said, listen to yourself, number one. Number two is, for me, you know, I've been with you for the last hour. You seem very uh, energetic and you, you seem like you're in good state, like you look good. Well, it's always after after the gym, I have so much energy. Yeah. And then, boom, crash at three o'clock. But someone who was low in testosterone, very low, would find it very hard to go to the gym and come out of the gym feeling good about themselves because they're just low. And I haven't even eaten today yet. Exactly, nor have I. You know, so I feel like that's another sign. So you need to pay attention to to that. The other thing that I would suggest, you know, you mentioned about the beef. So, again, protein diversity. A lot of people are going chicken or turkey because it's very lean. There's not much fat in that. So a lot of people are doing that. They eat fish because they know omega-3 and, you know, good fats. So a lot of people do that. But what they need to realize is you need protein diversity. So red meat beef in particular very high in b12 and the other amino profiles also it's very high in animal fat uh beef is iron is exactly exactly iron and ferritin and it's high in an animal fat which is a good source it's high in collagen which is gut healing um you know it's full of these other things that your body needs if your gut is inflamed and your gut isn't healed you will be in a stress state if your body's in a stress state it doesn't have energy to give you that vavavoom so it's a really holistic view that someone needs to take. Um, gut health is huge, by the way, and we'll come to that in a second. But it, it for me, you know, it it's not sexy, right? Like people just want to know a protein number, but and and the gut is very like slow and steady to heal. It's not like tomorrow I can give you a better gut. It takes time. It's like a garden. You've got to nurture it. Got to yeah. look after it. You've got to feed it well, deweed it. it takes time. But the gut is crucial. And most of my clients who experience great results, physically, mentally, skin complexion, it's because we fix their gut. Yeah, for I mean, for me on the diet side, I find it's mostly, as long as I avoid like rice, pasta, uh, bread, Monday to Friday, I feel great. And I'm pretty much just, the car- the main carb is sweet potato. Brilliant. So I go sweet potato, I'll rotate every week, like one week sweet potato, the next week pumpkin. And then the next week, maybe potato. This uh, is, this that, is, that's it. And that's Monday brilliant. to Friday. And you know why it's brilliant? Because the first three things you mentioned, like pasta and bread and stuff, these are, yes, they're energy. But in terms of nutrition, vitamins and minerals, if you look at the back of bread, a lot of it's like fortified. You know, it's fortified with minerals just so it like can get to a level. Now, again, very little nutrition in this. I would... And, you know, and a lot of people ask me, what do you think about fruit? Because a lot of diets demonize fruit. I don't demonize fruit. Fruit is great because it's naturally containing fiber and vitamins and minerals and antioxidants. Yes, it's high 
uh, sugar and carbohydrates, but it contains all those other things I just mentioned, which are important. So I, you know, whether it's sweet potato, potato, you know, parsnips, pumpkin, all of those kind of starchy carbs, or it's, you know, a bit of mango, some berries, some strawberries, a banana here and there. Like people are demonizing carbohydrates as a food group, but the things I just mentioned there, the good ones, you need them. Does you it know? matter when, like, most fruits and, and, like, for example, sweet potatoes, stuff like this, I'll, I'll only have in the morning. I won't have for dinner. So I kind of take it and I kind of use that sugar throughout the rest of the day. And then by dinner time, I'll do a walk on the beach. I'll eat pretty much, like, meat and veggie. That's it. And then I'm, I crash by 8 o'clock. I'm in bed, 8.30. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that, like, do you time your sugars, like, when you're taking them? Okay, so it depends, right? So for you... You may be someone who benefits from a bit of carbohydrates in the morning because you work out in the morning, right? I don't work out to the afternoon. So I pretty much train in a fasted state apart from a coffee. Then I work out, give myself an hour or two to cool down and, you know, bring my blood sugars back down, bring my heart rate back down. Then I eat my first meal. That first meal is huge. Sorry, right before the gym or? After the gym. Um, I work out after. I eat after the gym. So the reason I do that is because my body... I've trained it to perform like that. If you've trained your body to perform in that routine and you feel good on that, that's great. One thing I would say for the majority of people listening who don't work out in the morning, I would say earn your carbs. So what do I mean by that? If you're waking up and you're just going to sit behind a computer in the morning and your body's not using carbohydrates, why do you need it? Start your day with protein to fill you up, fiber to help your gut and stabilize your blood sugar and fat for your mental clarity and energy supply then go set about your day do your work behind your computer whatever most people are quite sedatory then for your second meal you might opt for a bit more carbohydrates because you're going to start moving around a bit more feeling a bit low maybe you're going to go do sport later so maybe some carbs then so i would say for the majority of people listening rather than a blank blanket statement of don't eat carbs in the morning earn your carbs Mm -hmm. so if you're working out in the evening, have it after dinner. Yeah. Uh, have it with your dinner. Joy, Joy, obviously, you know, Joy Summers very well. Yeah, I Joy was on the po- podcast and she was also explaining as well. Um, when you're going to be like, like breaking your fast, let's say breakfast, breaking fast. Um, and you're taking a, you should, if you're taking a protein, you should first ingest maybe um, uh, like a fat and, and a fiber. And that could be, you know, um, for me, what I do is I will take, if I'm going to break fast and I'm a little bit of hungry in the morning uh, before a podcast or whatever, I'll take a coconut from the beach. I'll put the fat in that, half an avocado, blueberries, and a little bit of protein powder. And then what I do is I take flaxseed and chia seed, but I grind them up into powder. Mm-hmm. And I have those in the fridge. I just find that you digest them easier. Because why would I take this like seed that hasn't been broken down? And I basically throw that all into the blender and I'll take that back. And that will be like a little bit of a meal if I like need that energy. Um, Do you agree with that in terms of like when you're taking your macro, should you be taking your fats before taking the proteins with the fibers to kind of coat the stomach before and then you jam the sugar down there so you don't get that insulin spike? Okay, so there's two things to say here. It depends. Why does it depend? Like, if if I'm starting with someone and their diet is just all over the place, I think this is a minor detail that shouldn't be a major issue for someone. If you want to optimize 
there is a role to play in this sequencing, right? Not only biologically and how the hormones respond and insulin responds, but also just how how it fills you up, you know, and how it, you know, if you haven't eaten for eight hours and you suddenly start on carbohydrates, probably you'll finish the bread basket. If you start with fiber and a salad, that will fill you up and then you'll eat your carbohydrates slow and you might want less. So there's a psychological trick to this and a you know physical trick and a hormonal side of it too. So I would say for the majority of people, first of all, just sort out your nutrition to balance your meals. That's number one. Then get start getting into that habit and then you start personalizing and optimizing for those details now the idea that the gut is this you know kind of one in one out kind of you know small little corridor of food passing through or the stomach is a big you know it's like this food comes in and it's all mushed together and it's all moved around you know i don't think there's a huge huge impact um of course there probably of when you ingest yeah Mm. Now, what I do say to my clients, like, for example, let's say you're going to have salmon and veg for dinner. Let's just say that's fat, protein from the salmon, and it's fiber from the veg. Eat them together. None of those things are going to spike your blood sugar. They're all good. Then you might say, well, now the fiber's there. It's going to, maybe 15 minutes later, you're going to have some mango. Now, the sugar comes in. Mango has fiber as well. The sugar comes in, and you've already got these things controlling your blood sugar levels already there. So I often say to my clients, look, if you're going to have wine or you're going to have a dessert or you're going to have a beer or whatever you're going to have, use it as your carbohydrate portion of your meal. That's the first thing. That's the most important. Whether you eat that first or second or third, it depends on your psychology because some people will knock back a wine to start with, eat their meal, then want a dessert after. So I'd rather you eat the meal. And if you go back into most cultures and say, well, what were they doing? You know, there's a reason people often started their meals with salads or soups because they weren't high carbohydrate. And then they would have their next meal. So many people have reversed this now. They're just starting with bread. You know, they're starting with, uh, you know, breaking their first meal with something sweet because they're ravenous. They just have a cookie. They have a chocolate bar. So... There's a lot to be said for eating carbs in isolation, which is often a problem. But I think the main benefit is having a high protein, high fiber, high fat meal. And then if you want to, then you introduce carbs. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, my my girlfriend's downstairs. She eats dessert before the meal. We'll sit down and she'll order a cake. And then then she'll order the meal. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't know. Where is she from? She's Thai. She's from Bangkok. I'm like, what? We're coming. We're coming to that. So, so we're coming to that Thai topic. How are Thai we? Topics. How are we on time? We're already on an hour. <gasps> we're on an hour. Okay. Brendan, you talk too much. I know I do. <laughs> uh, we're almost there. So, um, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the Thai topic. I just have one more quick cu- question as we jump off that because we have another girl. She'll be here at twelve forty-five, and it is twelve seventeen. <laughs> that's why i like the clock there it's just so much easier because then it's not you're not i'm not doing this and it just looks kind of weird i can yeah. just glance quick to keep it rolling um so based on that that discussion there of when you're eating your macros and and you're saying okay yeah you can uh, have your protein your veg take that and then have your mango um based on the ayurvedic diets they kind of go against that because they're saying that well if you're eating your your protein your veg you know your your um, your salmon and your veg and you get your 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 carbs, your starch, and your protein, 
you need to first digest this because it's using, especially for protein like meats and whatnot, it's using a different enzyme compared to an enzyme that it will use for your fruits. And they say that it's not good for you in this diet because that fruit can become fermented as it sits on top. What are your thoughts on that? Again, so I'm diet agnostic, so I don't follow any kind right. of one thing. But it depends how you feel. So if you, a lot of people can eat fruit and feel quite bloated from it, a bit too acidic or you know a bit like bloated. Um, if that's you, then don't do it. Listen to how your body feels. Now, the thing is with blood sugar analysis is I can take all the like, you know, I've heard this, I've heard that, and this diet, someone told me this works, and go, you know what? I don't care. Let's just see what your blood sugar is doing. If your blood sugar spikes, it's inflammatory. If it stabilizes, it is stable. If it drops, you're experiencing a sugar crash. I can look at, I, you know, I don't care what diet you do. Just let me look at the data. Mm. Um, is your blood, can you, me can you measure your blood sugar at home in real time? Is that something that's easy to do? Because for me, the reason I'm trying to justify how I eat my meal. So basically at nighttime, I'll do steak and veg or meat and veg, whatever. And then always after I need something sweet. So I do frozen berries because it's, it's low in, Berries are like the lowest form in sugar besides like, you know, mangoes, bananas, very high in sugar. So I usually have like frozen blueberries. Um, and then someone told me the Ayurvedic. I'm like, fuck, why did you tell Brendan, me Brendan, I'll do you a deal. Mm. Let me work with you for two weeks mm. and I'll teach you all of this and you'll get the data and then you will understand it. You can check all of this at home mm. and at home you can buy a blood glucose pen. That's what I mean. I will train you. You will understand the levels. You will understand your response. You will understand what food works and what food doesn't work for you. And then you play around with the manipulate. You manipulate the meal to make those numbers stable. So it's the best way. We will know what works and what doesn't work for you. And we will understand maybe you should eat this earlier in the day. Maybe you should wait a bit. Maybe you should uh, wait four hours between your meals or five, depending, depending. You need to find out what works for you. Exactly. Okay, great. Well, I know we've we've kept the retention hanging around here forever. Hans looks like he's about to kill himself. Um, he looks happy. Hans, are you happy? I'm good. Tell the crowd how he happy he is. Good you health. Are. He has good health. Hans work. He's working Hans. his ass off. He's got to go back to South Africa soon. So we got this podcast. We got one more, and then we got Josh Hinger tomorrow as well. Now, if you're watching again, I hope you made here on the timestamps because we probably dragged you right around to the end. So yeah, let's boost that YouTube retention rate. Let's go, baby. Woof. Let's let's crush crush that algo. Um, Phil, take it away. Jump into what we know is true: the Thailand sugar and diabetes epidemic. What are your thoughts on that? And the Thai oh, diet. I've got so much to say. Well, we got so we'll keep an okay. eye. We got we got fifth. What, 12, 30? Okay, we got 10, 10 minutes to wrap it up. Okay, okay. here we go. Yeah. Quite simply, Thailand, wake the fuck up. Wake up. Because what is about to happen is what all the other nations before you has happened to them. Take note. America, the UK, Europe... 50% of people, adults, have diabetes. Thailand, look at your facts. In 2000 to 2000, uh, sorry, from 2000 to 2020, so that's two decades, diabetes 
has increased by 400%. 400% in Thailand. Now, if this was a company, you'd be like, this is a unicorn. It is growing crazy numbers, right? This is what's happening in the population of Thailand. 400%. We are following in the footsteps of all the nations before us. We need to learn the lessons. Thailand has great healthcare. It's got a great natural environment to grow real food. It's got great sunshine. It's got great environment. It's got a great population. It's got great history of people eating well. You know, Thailand is one of the only nations in this part of the world that wasn't overthrown by another country. It's strong. If we take all those parts of Thailand and say, right, how can we stop what's going to happen? Look at the trend, 400%. How can we stop this and not end up like the Western world has? The problem is this, Brendan. People need to think long term, right? Because... The companies that are supplying and providing and creating these products that when you go into a 7-Eleven, just sugar-laden, high fructose corn syrup, just sugar, sugar, sugar everywhere, everywhere to get you addicted. They don't care about your health. They just care about their profit. The most profitable products are processed food. They can package them up, put them in a factory, put them on a shelf, can sit there for three years without decaying, that's not normal. That's not real food. If you go to you know, maybe your auntie or uncle or grandparents, if you're here in Thailand, and say, what were they doing back then? They were growing their food. They were eating off the land. They were full of herbs and spices. Thai food, it's so high in all the things your body needs. It's natural medicine. It's natural. And we're throwing all of it away. And this doesn't need to happen. I'm seeing so many people just turning to medication. Like, oh, I've got a headache. Take a, med take a pill. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Take a pill. If you eat well, you have a pill for every ill. If you sleep well, you don't need all of this other stuff to support your recovery. Nine out of ten people are dying from chronic illnesses. And these chronic illnesses are caused by high blood sugar. So here's the facts. Facts. This is data. I already told you diabetes has grown by 400% in the last 20 years. It's a very short time. Imagine what's going to happen again. And the compound interest that is going to go even higher. So if we know that's true, and then we also track not just diabetes, but we track Dementia, arthritis, um, cancer, um, you know, hormonal issues, people infertility, um, people committing suicide. If we track all of those numbers, they're all going up, right? The reason being is because when you experience and you have chronically elevated blood sugar, your house, your body is on freaking fire. And how does the body respond when it's on fire? It starts shutting down. It's like, oh my God. You are abusing me. You're not sleeping enough. You're eating shit. You're, you know, overstressed at work. The body is on fire. And how you can tell? Your skin is bad. You've got low libido. You're tired all the time. You're constantly craving sugar. You've, your joints hurt. You, you feel depressed. 
So your body's telling you, chill the fuck out. And you can see with a lot of Thai people, they, they have very bad skin now. Recently. And they never used to. Yeah. And they're breaking out. And I'm assuming it's just from the diet. When we're talking about like the food from their grand, uh, grandparents' age, again, they're using herbs and spices. But now a lot of the food, when you go out, they're using MSG. They're using fish, uh, fish sauces. Um, I'm assuming these fish sauces, like your papaya salads, were still probably part of the dish at that time. Do you have any idea, like, but what were they using for fish sauce back then that's not these preservative ones we have today? Yeah, exactly. So, okay, let's, let's take this back a bit. So, 100 years ago, we didn't have preservatives. They didn't exist. You may pickle your food. You may ferment your food to preserve it for longer. We didn't have fridges, so we needed ways to preserve. Um, you know, we didn't have frozen, so we had to preserve these ways. Now, that's what we've done. You know, if you go to Asian culture, you'd have a lot of pickled things, kimchi, sauerkraut in Europe, like whatever. I would say the most most important thing that we do is eat more real food. That's the first thing. Now, if you still have a bit more process and you still have a few additives and you still, the body's pretty damn great at naturally detoxifying itself. We've got kidneys to help us. Our liver can repair. The body's pretty damn good, but you've got to give it a chance. What slows down oxidation of cells is antioxidants that's the word antioxidant it stops your body rusting so provide more foods that are high in oxidants oh uh, antioxidants eat less food that is oxidizing it's very basic second of all as well as eating more real food and decreasing more of the fake food the main tip anyone listening to this right now really really simple we are chronically deficient in plant-based fibers chronically people are like you know i just don't know what to eat eat more plants mm. number one you need to eat more of them and you need more diversity in them thailand's food used to be very high and was very high diversity the gut microbiome needs fiber because the probiotics the bacteria eat that and that's how they multiply each bacteria the good ones in your stomach in your gut have different taste profiles. Some need a bit of this, some need a bit of that. So you need diversity. So your first action, before I even talk about depleting yourself and lowering sugar, get your fiber higher. Because it's the fiber that will naturally stabilize your sugar levels. So again, if you go back to nature, fiber exists with sugar in most foods naturally. So think of a fruit. There is sugar, there is fiber. If you think of sugar cane, the big long stick there is sugar there is fiber what we do society and industry is we go ah oh, fuck the fiber takes up too much space doesn't taste of anything don't need it extract it extract all the sugar throw away the fiber and then load you up with it because you people get addicted to sugar it's cheap yeah and it, i mean it must be um triggering triggering like your dopamine levels of that, course. Are, that are spiking sugar is more addicted than yeah. cocaine yeah so if I get you on the sugar roller coaster, you ain't coming off it. Mm. So this is what's happened. 7-Eleven is just, sorry, 7-Eleven, yeah. just speaking the truth. You're a sugar store. It's a crack den. I, I, I try not to go in. Like even if I'm hungry, I won't go in the 7-Eleven. I have to be full. Like to, usually to get water. I'm going in there to get water. If I go in there hungry, I'm coming out with Let a me tell Snickers you this. bar and an ice Brendan, cream. Brendan, here's the thing, right? Sugar 
I'm going to give you the lowdown. I'm going to give you the secret. The four things that every convenience store around the world, but particularly happening in Thailand now, they do four things. And people, oh, once they're in, they can't get off. Added sugars, whether it's syrups, sweeteners, sugar, sucralose, whatever. Look at the back of the label. They often will label these things differently because they don't want sugar to appear first on the label. So by law, they need to put the highest uh, proportioned ingredient first on the list and the least at the bottom. So because sugar comes in many forms, sugar cane, honey, uh, fructose, whatever, they will label them all differently so that it's not first on the list. Number one. That's what packaged food does. Second of all, so added sugars is one. Second of all, it's refined grains. So flour, basically. They flour, so white and white. So think sugar, white, think flour, white. Think cocaine, all white, all addictive stuff. Flour is very cheap, but it's refined. They strip away all the nutrients. So wheat isn't the problem because it would have had fiber. It would have been natural. It would have been whole. And we strip it away and we make white flour. What exists in nature that is white? It doesn't. It's very rare. The white cliffs of Dover, pretty much, you know, salt, sugar. There's not, you know, flour is not supposed to be white. If you go into, you know, Africa and you grow grain and you 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 mill it, it's not white. It's like yellow. It's yellowy. Yeah. So they strip it away. They bleach it. Mm-hmm. So that you've got this nice white bread and you've got these nice white cakes and you've got these nice white donuts that you're just like, mm. So refined grains number three refined seed oils people need to understand it's not the problem of seeds seeds are great it's the problem that when you refine the oil and you strip away everything the seed would have had with it and you're left with this highly inflammatory oil so canola soybean vegetable oil all these oils are just raising your blood sugar so i've just told you the three main culprits of raising your blood sugar sugar Grains, oh, refined grains, and refined seed oils. These are the big three. And then you ask yourself, what product has all three? Pretty much every processed food. Why? Because they're all cheap. So flour, sugar, vegetable oils. Every processed food has them. So if you make one decision today, lower your consumption of processed food. Don't go in the 7-Eleven. Now, I'm not saying never eat these foods. The body, as I told you, you can detoxify itself. But you can't have 100% of that food. Maybe let's target 80 to 20. Now, you mentioned earlier you like a drink on the weekend. A couple of drinks, one or two nights a week, is not going to ruin your health. Mm. What's going to ruin your health is every day eating shit. I always say to my clients, let's say most people eat three to four meals a day. Let's say free. Keep the math simple. There's 21 meals. When I say to someone, what's your diet like? Often, the first thing they'll say is, you know, I just love pizza and I love, you know, drinks and alcohol and I go out, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I, 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 I just want to stay as I am because I'm happy with that. I'm like, great. If you do that two to three meals out of your 21, let's say even four. Let's go for four. If you eat four meals, a couple of beers, go out for a pizza, whatever else, bit of spaghetti, bolognese, whatever you do. There's still another 17, 18 meals to get right. 
And so people focus, you know, all the, on all the shit. But if you can get the 18 pretty good, that can counterbalance the pretty shit. Like, I eat pizza. I eat burgers. Mm. I also eat 18 of my other meals perfectly. So, you know, you know, often I'm in a cafe or something and, you know, a client will see me. And I'm like, sh I show them what I eat. I'm like, I'm not this person who just eats like a rabbit. Like, I eat proper food and I eat processed food. So although I've just told you all of the harmful benefits, all the harmful effects of all those foods I've just mentioned on, on you, I'm also real. Like, sugar is not the enemy. Too much sugar is the enemy. Refined grains is not the enemy. Too much refined grains. Balance is what I'm talking about here. That's and where I, you get I results. think that's, I mean, for most people, a lot of people know the issues as well. It's just a question of, you know, stripping it back and actually, you know, taking, being accountable for Can yourself. Can I give you one tip, Brendan? Mm. If you go to a 7-Eleven and you want a product and you're hungry, right? Say, say to yourself this. What food in that 7-Eleven is complete? The banana? Could be. <laughs> it's real. I would go for the nuts and seeds, mm. right? Yeah, they may have a bit of salt on it, might have a bit of vegetable oil cooked in it, but a nut and a seed is a complete food. It's fiber, protein, and fat. What right? about a Magnum ice cream? With some nuts, yeah. Why not? <laughs> the almond, the <laughs> almond flavored one. Yeah, it's almond, it's healthy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, try to strip those back to the basics, right? And, you know, if you can do that, if you, because here's the thing if your food, if that meal that you're eating is not balanced, your hormones have to balance it. Mm. And if your hormones have to work, they get tired. Yeah, my That's hormones it. work real hard on the weekend. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do. And I want to say one more thing, Thailand specific. Thailand has the potential to be what I believe, it's why I live here, the healthiest place in the world. It's got all the raw ingredients Sunlight, as I mentioned, nature, as I mentioned, sabai, sabai, relax, kind of no one's like overly stressed. Um, you know, sea, magnesium, salt, water sports, activities, mountain climbing, uh, adventure, people working in the farms, natural water supply. Like we are in prime position to lead this if we want to. But we need to think long term. There's a dangly kind of, you know, a carrot here which is like oh eat me eat me which is money what makes the most money fast mm. food what makes the most money sugar products what makes the most money just some alcohol get get those tourists in like blah 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 but if you think come on guys just think long term here while the rest of the world is going left i've already told you what happened to america and the uk and look at our populations now we're, we're messed up our healthcare systems are flawed we can't keep up people are like you know we need to invest in more nurses and doctors and healthcare, I'm like, you know, the best healthcare is preventative. So focus on nutrition first and you won't get to that state. Learn the mistakes. We don't want to be in a position where we've messed up our future and then we're relying on these fixes of medication, which is going to cost the country more money for a lower quality of life. So I just encourage anyone listening, especially if they live in Thailand or they are Thai, to just make these little decisions, be the change you want to see. If you, you know, protest with your pockets by not spending on these products and helping the little lady growing her food in her farm or helping the fella, you know, making his food in his restaurant and doing the right thing, 
if you can help those companies and those people and those brands thrive, then little by little, bit by bit, we may be able to stand up to these big conglomerates and these big companies and all their vested interests and actually help the small guys. It's mm. going to be, you can't rely on, again, you've got to take control and you can't rely on governments all the time to do this for you because they've also got to make money and they get more taxes and these companies pay more taxes. So, yeah, and I think a lot of people in Thailand were able to, I mean, we have those options for these street vendors. It's not so much like that in the West. I mean, the rent's too expensive here. They can set up a cart and, and whatnot. And, and uh, final thing, please, please, please understand because a lot of healthy food and a lot of food that is natural and organic or whatever it needs to be is a bit more expensive because it needs to be. It's not mass produced. It's not fast production. It's, you know, an organic chicken, of course, is expensive because it takes, you know, a couple of years to grow that chicken versus a battery farm chicken that can be done in a few months. Of course, it's more expensive. But please understand, if you don't pay for your food and good food now, you'll pay for it in disease later. Mm. So make these decisions. It doesn't need to be perfect, just a little bit better. And the one thing I'm really, really, um, you know, helping my clients with now and they're all around the world is is their mental health mm -hmm. and food and your nutrition and your sleep and your relaxation is the best thing for your mental health when you're healthy physically your brain picks up on it your gut is your you know it's, it, it's your first brain in many respects so um yeah we need to pay pay attention these to are the, well. the wise words from phil anthony um what we're gonna do is we're gonna we'll have to i had to pick this girl up in like two minutes um i'm going to we're gonna wrap this up real quick because we're now we're running around um sorry i got lost there tr lost track of thought um i'm going to kick this back to phil which camera this camera um, if you can kind of just let the audience and everyone know where they can find you and find this information and we'll leave all the links in the description um but talk to your your followers. I think we'll, we got about eight followers. No, I'm joking. We're doing all right. Hi, guys. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed speaking about what I'm passionate about. I just love health and nutrition. Brendan. I dropped the you cup. You ruined my... <laughs> it's all right. Gosh. Keep going. It's Don't important. worry. We, we do one cut. Okay. So thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. If you can take one thing from this podcast... Please just take this. Health is the most important thing in your life. Without this, everything else falls to the wayside. You don't want to get to the age of 70, 80, where you're like, I wish, I wish, I wish. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start today. Make those better choices. Invest in yourself. Invest in your learning. Work out what works for you. I've given you so many tips in this podcast. Get started. If you want to optimize and you want to go further and you want more guidance, please reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, PhilAnthonyM. Reach out. I'm happy to help you. If you want to work with me, I would absolutely love it. If you want to be part of my academy, please reach out. I'd love you to be. If you can instigate change and help other people in your network be healthy, that's my goal. I absolutely love it. And I just think no better day to start than today because you'll regret it tomorrow if you don't. 
get started with Phil. Check him out on Instagram. He's got an awesome channel, especially if you want like a quick tidbits on a daily basis of, of, you know, things that you could apply to your day-to-day life. Um, that ends another episode of the Fruiting Body Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment, and we'll see you on the next one coming up. I'm going to do a shirt change. Boom.